Hey guys, it's Ethan. Uh, this episode, we sit down with my friend Aldous Troy, who joins us virtually through a group chat on Google Hangouts. Uh, he is originally from Hong Kong and moved to Toronto for university. He is a classic menswear enthusiast. He's a vintage menswear enthusiast, which uh, makes him interesting because we're able to talk about, you know, talk about Drake's in the Armory, but also talk about, you know, Clark Gable and Cary Grant and all that kind of shit. Um, he doesn't have a big wardrobe like Spencer or me, but that's what makes him interesting for the second half of our conversation, which focuses on the concept of having a uniform within menswear. Are there specific pieces that you find yourself drawn toward? Is there, you know, a particular style that you always dress as? Or do you literally have only three suits and three pants that you just alternate as needed and keep the decision making fairly simple? We discuss all of that on today's episode of Style and Direction. Hi guys, welcome to Style and Direction, a mentor podcast without the stuffiness. This is your host, Ethan Wong. And I'm your other host, Spencer Adi. I like that dramatic pause you did there. Thank you. What was um, the, uh, how did you approach that one? I just thought uh, of that joke where a bear goes into a bar and asks, and the and bartender says, Ouch. says, yes, and the okay. bartender says, why the long pause? Wait, no, I <laughs> that's not how the joke goes. Nope, that's not. Great. Look it a, up. It's a, a great really, start. It's a really great joke, guys. Right. Google bear long pause bar. <laughs> what, if they, what if they look up bear long pause P-A-W-S? Well, that's the joke. Oh. Yeah, because, okay, so in the in the joke. Explain comedy to me. Go ahead. Okay, so comedy. Right. I mean, this is, this is a, t- a uh, kind of complex subject. Wait, explain but, complex subjects. Oh man, that's even more complex. There's so many facets to what this. What are facets? It's like faucets. Oh, oh, basically. like Sarah Fawcett. Yeah, there's just a whole bunch of her. Yep, I'm glad. Um, so <laughs> how, how was your how's your day, Spence? Uh, it was all right. I uh, it I was just, alt right. Nope, the not that. <laughs> um, I had uh, I had math or I had well I should say I had science. And then I had math, which, uh, sorry to all you STEM nerds out there, but those are my two least favorite subjects. And why I would that. why would botanists be uh, mad about that? You're just really wild about puns today. I'm a I'm a pun whore. I'm a I'm a, I'm a pun head. There you go. I'm a pun head. Yeah. I when you okay. <laughs> well, I get mad pun. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, thanks. I'm, I'm proud of that one. Uh, I did so, not have any. Uh, uh, class today because i am not a student anymore unlike our guest who we'll get to in a second uh, Ooh, teasing tease i love who, I, I love teasing who could it be um but you know today was fine i i uh actually so when we get new fabric in we have to put them into the you know the fabric books and unlike you know at school if you hold on to your grades you can just get like another book or another binder and put your files into it right mm-hmm. but for these you know these books have specific like numbers or you know codes and so you have to have all of that collection in one book and so these books get very very packed up you know because we have a like you know we have a lot of fabric yeah. for each one and only when it like runs completely out that they're not going to restock then we cut it out but that's like once a month if that you know mm. 
And so I spent most of my day like having to figure out like how to put damn new fabrics into these books. And, you know, when it's like exploding out, it's really hard to kind of like hold it down. Like say you'll you'll do one side and try to do the other side. And the other side will pop off and it's like, fuck. So oh, it was uh, how yeah. often how often do you get new fabrics? Is this like a once I a week think, thing? I think that we kind of wait for it to kind of pile up. That way we all do it at once because sometimes so the books are loaded from the back. So mm. if you get one for the front, you have to take everything out. Okay. Uh, so it's better to like, you know, make sure each one's got like, you know, like 20 or so instead of just, you know, having to do this like every day or whatever. This was such like a, a good like inside baseball conversation. Like well, we're learning yeah, how is... the sausage shirts are made. Yeah, I love sausage shir- shirts. Okay, so what are we going to ask me? Oh, I was say we're going to start a new <laughs> segment uh, on the podcast where we just talk about what we're wearing today. So Spencer, what clothes you got on? We should call this like... Um, like what's the guy's name from state farm or whatever (laughs) i don't know in the commercial okay well here's what i have on right now pajamas (laughs) um (laughs) it's it's 8 35 time of recording Uh uh-huh so i'm wearing i'm wearing my blue uh they're navy with uh red and white uh window pane those are my pajama bottoms. Wow. How all-American of you. Right? Uh, I have a t-shirt for the newspaper that I write for on campus and my sleepy time cardigan because it's pretty chilly tonight. But earlier today, I was wearing a J. Crew sweatshirt, jeans, and my bomber because it was also very chilly today. Sounds like the bomb. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that compliment on my great outfit. Oh, you're welcome, man. Uh, you know, so, so I'm wearing what I consider to be pretty Ethan. I'm wearing like this brown, uh, brown with red check, uh, sack jacket. I know sack jacket sounds weird, but that's what I've been calling it. I mean, that's what they are, right? Yeah, sack jackets. I just it just sounds yeah. funny to me. Like, what's up? Look at look, look at that cool sack jacket. Sack jacket. Yeah. See, it just sounds mildly vulgar to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've got like this Fair Isle cardi- uh, cardigan, Fair Isle sweater going on. I can't believe you call a sweater a cardigan. I know, right? And then I've got my, uh, I got light gray pants, and I'm, uh, I'm not, we- I'm wearing socks, but not shoes because I'm recording this in my room, and I don't want to nice. wear shoes in my room. I'm not a a white guy. A white guy, <laughs> like yeah. Me. So that that's me. You know, it's kind of. Got- I always like it when your friends come over and they're like, "Oh, can you wear shoes in here?" And I'm like, "Dude, I wear shoes in my house." All the time. I wear it while I'm pooping. I mean, I think I most mean, people do that. Yeah. You know, unless you're, unless you're like in the bathroom, like your bath bathroom, you're probably going to mm. wear shoes while pooping. I'm looking at our guest's face on the camera. Oh, I haven't, right I'm now. not looking at it. I'm, I can't see all this on my, on my end. So, Oh, did you just spoil it? Yeah, I just spoiled it. I guess, uh, well, we might as well jump into that now. <laughs> Today we are joined by a man who needs no introduction. Because there isn't that much to say <laughs> about me, I suppose. And that's it, no. Um, <laughs> that's it. So, uh, we're, uh, his name is Aldous. Uh, he yep. is from the land down under, but the opposite, which is Canada. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, you know, he's, yeah. Nice try, but yes. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he, he messaged me a while back, like, uh, like, you know, like half a year ago, maybe at this point. No, maybe not even. Is that? When's the wedding? 
How long gonna have to, was we're that, gonna have to, You're going to have to court for longer than that, Spencer, I think. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm more of a hit it and quit I, I think it's more guy, than so. half a year. I think, it, I think we might be coming up on the year. We're on an anniversary oh, wow. right even. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. my God. There we go. Wait, that, this is... Wait, is this like pre... Facebook group and pre I guess yeah pre my it, trip mm-hmm. to London I think right? it was definitely pre Facebook group because I remember being added to that and being one of the first maybe 10 guys right right huh okay so well, I've known you so for that's... quite a while even right I I like that we have like a system of measuring time that's like it's like before Battle of Yavin and after Battle of Yavin uh, what a where nerd. it's just like the Facebook group. I think you might have to. Sp- yeah. I, mean, I think you might have to explain that to non-Star Wars people. <laughs> oh, okay. So I've always thought this was pretty dumb uh, because you if mean? you look at the grand, the larger canon of Star Wars, uh, in the in the Battle of Yavin what happened in the Episode Four, and that is apparently how they measure years in Star Wars, even though it didn't really affect much in the long run. <laughs> well, okay. So let me jump in there and say that it was the turning point for the rebellion. Okay, that's that's how it works. It that was the okay. official point when the rebellion was like a real thing. A- sure, and we whatever. know that from Rogue One, right? Because that's what they yeah. that's the, they were like a bunch of Splinter Cell groups until that moment. But anyway, we'll save that for our Star Wars. There podcast. we go. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so our term of the our version of before Battle of Yavin is like before Facebook group. And yep. for those of you and listeners, before uh, and after Street by Spretzer. Oh, the Street X exactly. Right? Yes. Yeah, Street Expressa. You know, right. I was talking to my mom about this, and she was all like, oh, yeah, like, what's wrong with Street Spretza? And I'm like, that's not even what it's called. Like, it's not <laughs> – there's an X there. And she's like, oh, do you pronounce the X? I'm like, yes. It's like <laughs> a – you know, I – you know, again, we got into this, you know, in the episode where we talk about the, uh, the inception of the blog, I guess. But it's supposed to be like a collaboration, like Kanye West X, you know, Adidas or – you know, like that kind of shit. And so that's why it was called Street Expresso. It was like street wear with Spezzatura, um, which, you know, is no longer really that relevant. But that's just still mm-hmm. the name. And plus, people can't pronounce Spezzatura anyway. So, but or Spezza, whatever you want to well. call it. Yeah. Yeah. And some people actually, I've seen uh, people like write out like Street Expresatura, And I'm like, that's not. Okay, sure. That's not what you no are. Flow. Yeah, exactly. Um but anyway, we have a Facebook group for it. It's really popping. Uh, and that's where Aldis and a whole bunch of other guys like Andy from two episodes ago. I'll get to, you know, share pictures and talk about menswear, vintage menswear. And uh, and yeah, but me and Aldis have been kind of friends uh, through the Internet uh, before that, which is kind of cool to me because the Facebook group is still kind of I feel like it's new, but it's actually been around for quite a while now. Yeah. Right. Oh God, yeah, like since the summer. Yeah, exactly. I, I must have made it like right when I came back from my uh, trip to Europe, or actually, huh. well, just London and Paris. So it's not. It's I, mean, like, that I didn't is really in go Europe. through all of Europe. I mean, it is Europe, but you know. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, all this is from Toronto. I mean, not originally, right? Not not originally, but I live there now and I study there. Right, right, and you are you are a university student, as we alluded to earlier in the introduction. Yes, I'm. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm an undergrad at University of Toronto. Oh, people are going to stalk you now. <laughs> They're going to look up all all. Yeah, if they can narrow down, if they can find. Oh, actually, I have an interesting name, so it might not be that difficult. Yeah, I was about to joke. They're going to just look that up, and I was like, "Huh, you're probably the only one." Yeah, there, there so. might be. Kind of... There might be one other. I think there is one other fellow of my name on Facebook, but that's it. 
So, what, uh, uh, yeah, what's I'm going to be story behind all. Yeah, you're going to be stalked now. What, yeah, what's the thanks. story behind like all this? Like, that's I mean, it's not that common of a name. Yeah, don't say. Is there is, is it like a, uh, like a family thing, or they just thought that your name was like super cool? Well, the only family thing is that my father's name also starts with an A L. His name's Albert. Well, his English name anyway is Albert. So they they chose. Basically, what they did is they got a book of names and they went through it. And their only caveat was that it started with A and L, and they chose oh, okay. the, no, they chose an they chose the most interesting one they could find. Really, nothing too romantic. I mean that it's a pretty cool name. Aldous is pretty. It's pretty classy, and I think you certainly live up to that. Uh, well, thank you. To that even. name, yeah. Um, I think. Well, I think the best name so far, and especially come back people on this, is that there is a vintage guy whose name is Constantine Evans. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and that's a dope... Yeah, hell yeah, dude. It's yeah. a dope name. And he is... That, that's Yeah, it's a great name. Yeah, and he's like a professor or like a... a like a, He goes like Caltech or something. He's some he's some super smart oh, guy. Caltech, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's only a little bit older than we are. And he is like... He's got like a PhD in physics or something. He is a <laughs> genius... I haven't seen him in a while. I think I met him like when I first got into vintage. He's a he's a really same nice guy. Here. We uh, we met him probably at the same event. Yeah, yeah, it was one of Benny's things. Right, um, right. You said that was such ire. Just one. I'm of gonna Benny's pretend like I know what that is. <laughs> I'm I'm just a big old dum dum. <laughs> Who doesn't even know what comedy is? <laughs> nope, nope, not even a little bit. Um, so uh, I'll just why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I know that you you know you said you moved to. Toronto, but you're from Hong Kong originally. Yes, I was born there, and I spent the um, early years of my life there. I uh, most people from Hong Kong don't sound the way I do. Uh, the reason why I sound the way that I do is uh, because I went to international schools there. So these were private schools. They were staffed by English teachers for uh-huh. uh, children of English expats still living and working in the former hmm. colony. And so, do all of your friends sound like sound like you? Now, here's the thing, not necessarily, because we, okay. had, we had factions, if so to speak, within school that like I went to. Like Rebellion versus Empire? No, like, we had a bunch <laughs> of, <laughs> we had Australians, we had a group of Australians there, we had some Americans. Oh, that's fun. We had some oh, wow. Brits, and uh, depending on who you hung out with, you ended up sounding uh-huh. more like one country as opposed to the other. So do they, do they adopt, like, the mannerisms and, like, kind of general attitude as well? Because I think that would be a lot of fun. I think I've adopted the general attitude, so yes, I think the assimilation was fairly complete. Like stiff upper lip and everything? Y- yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh well. This is like a cool like sociology, anthropology thing going on here. Yeah, I love anthropology. It's my favorite store. You know, I spent a lot of my time in that store because my mom... Uh, loved... I've never set foot in anthropology. I don't I do think I've ever set foot in anthropology either. Yes. <laughs> Have you set foot in an anthropology class? Anthropology nope. class? No. Yep, not me. Not even as elective. Wow. Neither have yeah. I. <laughs> so, do you say? Do you think that you know going to international school definitely um, played a part in how you dress? I know that you know. We'll get into how you know exactly how you dress in a second. But in general, you know, you like classic menswear. You have a little bit of appreciation for vintage menswear. In fact, you own some vintage pieces. Uh, but did going to like international school again like that? hone your interests because i went to a christian private school but we had uniform and it made me hate 
wearing polo shirts and khakis that were probably more polyester than cotton. Um, so it took me a while to kind of get back into that. So, yeah. Well, <laughs> right. Well, I don't think the we had to wear a uniform too, and in Hong Kong the uniform oh, okay. was uh, yeah, it was a white poly shirt, uh, short nice. sleeves, and uh, grey shorts. Mm. Also poly. Oh, at least you got to wear shorts. Yeah, because it's hot in, in the <laughs> I summer. I love shorts. Hong Kong, they're comfortable. They're so comfortable and easy to wear. Yes. <laughs> That's a quote from Pokemon. What's the uh, what's the style like in Hong Kong? I mean, obviously, you know, you are twenty f- something. Twenty one. Twenty four. Twenty one. Oh well, shit! I'm totally wrong on that, and I feel like we talked about this the last time. A uh, spoiler note: we recorded an episode of this a few times ago, but then we decided to try a new format, and uh, yeah, and so that episode is lost to time. But uh, you're never gonna hear yeah, it. He did say his age on that one, and I totally forgot. Oh, um, to be honest, you're not missing much with the last episode, right. so don't worry about it. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, Hong Kong is very hot, right? It's, like, s- humid and Yeah, humidity hot. is the key. Humidity is the key. It's a real killer as far as putting right. on layers is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so your question was, what's the style up? like in Hong Kong? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the armory's there, but when I was growing up, it, I don't think it exists. <laughs> I don't think it existed. And for the most part, Hong Kong's rather casual. Um, yes, it's a hub for international tailoring, and we have you, you trip over tailors in some places, but they all cater to either an international crowd or the um, banking and finance crowd. Regular regular guys don't wear suits, jackets, even unless they can't help it. Um, the climate just really doesn't suit wearing layers more than a t-shirt. Hmm. You might say it doesn't suit wearing a suit yes exactly so <laughs> nice so if like the weather doesn't really you know make it comfortable to wear to like you know wear layers do you know historically how and when um it kind of became like a hub for tailoring yeah because i like, mean you know yeah like ww chan is there the armory has two shops there Ascar chang i think has like three i think in hong kong um so it's it's I guess in like the past like thirty years or so, or maybe, maybe even before that, you know. Yeah, well, because Ascot Chang started in the fifties. Yeah, definitely right? before that. Yeah. I think a lot of okay. the long runners there have been around since and, the fours and And I like to point out that like there was one time when I was at Benny's and he had like a, a great like a I don't know, it's like a bluish green like teal uh, like double breasted suit which fit perfectly. I guess back then this is like four years ago, but it was made <laughs> in Hong Kong, and I was very surprised that this was very. It was very good, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, when do you, when do you, do you know when it kind of took off for tailoring and did you know? Because I, I mean, it it was a big tr- like a trading town, yes. right? Yes. Right. It was a free trade port, so yes, a lot of um, a lot of goods moved through there, and a lot of travelers uh-huh. moved through there as well. Um, well, the tailors in Hong Kong, I've they I think they've been around forever. I've seen examples of um, that's true. Not in Hong Kong, but I've seen on eBay. I think there was a tailcoat from the thirties, tailored in Hong Kong, mm. in Kowloon. Wow. That's the oldest Hong Kong garment I've seen. There's a lot of stuff floating around from the sixties. Most of it tiny, unfortunately, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it started. In, it started for for uh, expats, for foreigners working in Hong Kong. I don't think it was anything to do with the local population. <clears throat> It was just that catering, makes sense. It was just catering entirely to the English ruling elite. 
Right. And um, as a result, I think Taylor's Taylor's in Hong Kong for the most part. They don't really have much of a sense of style. They were just workers. Englishmen <laughs> would go to them and say, "This is a jacket I had made in Savile Row. It's, it's it's months away now. So can you make me a copy of it or something inspired by it?" And we would follow through with that and sew something together and eventually got good at that good at following instructions and copying things but we never really developed a sense of style a, 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 a tan style so to speak of it was just a lot of copying right so it's not like mm. you know going to naples and having a neapolitan suit or going to well i guess savile row and getting an english suit it was just kind of whatever they happened to come across yes and i suppose most of the things they happened to come across and we're talking about 50s and 60s and 70s. Right. Uh, most of the stuff that they came across would have been English, obviously. It was that, a colony. That mean, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that so makes sense. Hong, uh, so if Hong Kong does have a style, it's English. It's vaguely English. Interesting. Maybe American as so, well, because we had fair share of Americans hanging around to right. being in sacksuits. Right. So what do you wear when you, like, I mean, I'm sure you go back to Hong Kong. You know, yes. often, often, right? Or you know, your family or whatever. Yeah. Like, what what do you find yourself that you know wearing there? You know, now that you're kind of into menswear. Well, I don't have much of a summer wardrobe, so to speak. Of so, for the most part, I just bum around in casual wear, t-shirts, and, shorts. Mm. I have a safari jacket that I throw on, keeps my keys and things in. I'd like to get some right. frescoes. Um, don't we all yeah <laughs> fresco suits I mean well yeah, not, not the paint um, <laughs> the, uh... the paint would be nice too I suppose but yes fresco suits I'd like to get some but I only got I only got one at the end of this summer so I haven't been able to put it to use yet damn Wait, is that the that's the copy of a Palm Beach suit right yes um, I got my hands on some Oatmeal, I suppose it is. It's 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 not yeah, really yeah, cream. Yeah. I love oatmeal. Yeah, oatmeal. We just go that oatmeal fresco cloth, and uh, I had a friend of mine make me a jacket and trousers, inspired by a, a yeah twenties Palm, Palm Beach suit, late twenties Palm I Beach. I can't so wait to see it. I I feel like that was such a long time ago when you posted that that whole thing. I really want to see that too. Did he post it on the Facebook group? Um, not yet. No, I haven't. Not it was pre Facebook group. I think that's. Oh I think he God. shared it on like Vintage Menswear or like mm. the you sh- I think F you Style shared Forum. I shared yeah. I shared your your post of you wearing the Palm Beach one and then I said that you were gonna buy it even though it's kinda tattered in order to reproduce it. Which I I mean, summer can't come uh enough. Fast yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Summer can't I, come enough. <laughs> I, I can't stop coming. Oh my god. It's not the kind of podcast, but, you know, it happens. Uh, we got to work on the crosstalk, guys. <laughs> it's like a musical, um, you know? People just sing on top of each other. Am I right? Yep. Yep. It's We're just Les Mis, the podcast. There we go. So when did you first get into menswear? Because Ethan kind of uh, was like, now that you're into menswear, so clearly you weren't born with the menswear bug. No, I... <laughs> I, no, I, is anyone actually born with a menswear bug? Unless, no. I, I mean, d- my parents dressed me up and stuff, but I mean, I wasn't born with it. Yeah, what's with this trend of uh, 90s parents dressing their kids up in really frilly outfits? You know, bow tie suspenders and that sort of thing. You know, I, I the more you, the fact that you say that was like, 
that can't be a thing. But I think about it, and I'm like, no, that definitely was a thing. I think it's because, like, the explosion of Ralph Lauren of the time, you know, like, 80s, yeah, 90s. Yeah, because, wait, I, I, have, I have, like, you know, I did, when I was a baby, I did, like, a photo shoot of me and, like, with, like, an old-timey bike or whatever in black and white. Uh-huh. Maybe that's how I got into vintage. I mean, my, my dad, oh, also, like, Armani. Like, my dad would wear an Armani tie. I don't know what the, you know, if he was able to afford the suits. Um, but I think, you know, that whole thing of, like, looking good uh, and, you know, the proliferation, again, of Ralph Lauren advertisements uh, probably, you know, was like, hey, let's have our babies dress up real nice and real preppy mm-hmm. looking. Uh, so maybe that's why. But go ahead. You were talking about, you know, you're getting started with it. Yeah. Um, well, I have a shot of myself and just, just to finish round off this point of really pretty baby pictures. I have a shot of myself in a bow tie white shirt and... Uh, Teddy bear suspenders. So, hell yeah, <laughs> that's pretty, dope. That's pretty yeah. awesome. I'd wear teddy suspender, teddy bear suspenders right now. Right, <laughs> with your pajamas. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But the question was how I got into menswear in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for well, for the most part, it only really started when once I moved to Canada. I came here for high school. I was originally oh, okay. Yeah, hmm. I was originally supposed to come for university, but I got here early, and just to climatize, I suppose. And um, I only started here because here the climate really allows me to put on the jacket reasonably. And uh, I mean, it makes sense. It's Canada. Yes. Yeah. And I started by watching old films, actually. I, I think I have a very similar path towards menswear as uh, a lot of people in the vintage community, which is to say I've always enjoyed uh, big band era swing music. And from that, uh-huh. I started mm-hmm. watching films. And from watching films, I was... I was captivated at first by the style of Fred Astaire. I was obsessed with white tie, actually. That was the first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, start at the top, man. Not at the bottom. Oh, and that's right. That's right. You said. Yeah, the first, first vintage, vintage piece you, you ever got. bought was white tie. And you said it, like, fit perfectly. Yeah, that's why, right yeah, out that's the why box, I got right? it for the most part. I, I, didn't own <laughs> I, a, I didn't own a suit at that point in time, but I. And white tie in a vintage store and gone. Can't. And I mean, he told us that he had like you, you. You've worn it out a few times, so you've you've gotten your money's worth. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, when did when did you wear it? Uh, you know, well, I wore wore to prom. I think that was the first time I wore it prom. That's pretty dope. That's pretty baller, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and afterwards, the University of Toronto has waltzes in February. Valentine's waltzes in Hart House, and I put it on for that inappropriately but i put it on for put it on for that <laughs> i mean fuck it right like <laughs> yeah fuck the police right exactly i love it i love it that's what i've been saying i've always wanted to hear fuck the police from like a british accent but like like not like in a cockney <laughs> way just like in a yeah fuck the police am i right yeah, like just, fuck just the very police. proper that was the weakest like i know normally you, know, you did not commit to the accent I did at all not and normally i love doing accents so that was a kind of a sad uh-huh. moment for me is it just because like all this is here and you feel like yeah he'll judge you yeah like when i was in london uh with with buzz who is another uh young vintage enthusiast who is also from hong kong um and also has a british accent um yeah i could not be that funny around him because <laughs> I felt like I was going to offend him or something or just be like a typical American just trying to make fun of British people which is uh-huh. half only oh, half true yeah, asking us to say if we'd like a cup of tea that sort of thing tomato well, would you yeah. <laughs> tomato tomato yeah. potato potato yeah 
the old song goes. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but so when you were creating your, you know, your wardrobe, I guess, did you start off like completely vintage? Like I'm going to get 30s Fred Astaire style jackets and whatnot. Oh. Um, or or did you start to like kind of go, what, what, like when did it transition from vintage into classic menswear, I should say? Right. Um, well, I should start off by saying there wasn't really a vintage break, uh, phase. There would have been if I'd lived in L.A., but you guys haven't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys haven't lucky with the uh, vintage stores you have over there. There's just so much stuff. Everyone retired and oh, took yeah. their stuff to Los Angeles. It seems there's nothing in Toronto. So what I'm trying to say is, Thanks. if I had the opportunity to build a vintage wardrobe, I probably would have. The first things I snapped up included bold look ties, for instance, and fedoras. That sort of thing. Bold I, look ties. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said bolo ties. I'm like, that's no, I don't. It never had a bolo tie, and I don't think I ever will. Bold yeah, I can, can you imagine tie, the British accented man from Hong Kong who goes to school in Toronto, Canada, wearing a I bolo googled, tie? I just googled formal bolo tie to see what it looks like with a tailcoat. And did it <laughs> and disappoint? It, no, it looks amazing. Oh my god! That's the only type of tie I'm gonna wear from now on. Right. Oh, jeez. Uh, but you guys, so you got bold look ties. But I know you have a pretty impressive fedora collection, and yeah. just our hat collection in Stacks general. Um, Toronto has always been a rather conservative city. Men have only had maybe one or two suits, one or two hats, maybe one hat, and then they wore to death. So there are lots of mm-hmm. really beat fedoras in Toronto that you can pick up for a song. So I have a lot of hats, but most of them are beat beyond recognition. I use them for experiments. Do you actually, given given the climate of Toronto, I imagine you actually get some like practical wear out of the hats. Is that like, do you? Uh, I mean, how it it definitely snows up in Toronto. I <laughs> yeah, know that it definitely for sure. snows up here, mate. Uh, so do you? Uh, do, do I so wear? Do you wear? Do, do you wear, wear hats? Yeah, yes, I, I, I try. I, I really oh, like. Oh man, I could have led into that one way better. <laughs> oh well, it's, it, it was an effort, and we all got the point. Yeah. Um, yes, I uh-huh. do try to wear my hats as often as I can. I really like the look of them. Um, I really like the way they, their form of personal expression, in the way that no other hats can sort of match. You start with an open crown and you bash it the way you want. I really like that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find them difficult to wear. They strap... Oh, yeah. Yeah, they strap... Cause, no, because I was... Because... The, the point that I was trying to make is I imagine they would be much easier to wear if it was, like, actually, like, oh, it's snowing, I'm wearing a hat because it's, you know, Fucking it's, snowing. like, help protecting me from the weather. But is that not necessarily the case? Is it still kind of, like weird in toronto you're definitely onto something spencer in that um yes the fact that everyone at some point will be wearing some sort of headgear makes it a bit easier it's not like wearing mm-hmm. los angeles i suppose where it's always i imagine the equivalent of summer here over there that's that's mm-hmm. that's makes it a bit more odd but here it's cold you need the hat anyway but still there's a that... there's an oddness and why did you choose a fedora as opposed to yeah a beanie or two or a lot of guys wearing mm-hmm. flat caps. That's I think that's the standard business hat here these days. Well, I think that flat caps are like the easiest one to wear. Like it's more, f- you know, it's similar to a beanie that it kind of just hugs the top of your head, but it's still got the uh, the brim, I guess, for formality's sake. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess it makes it, you know, a good transitional thing of like a guy who wants to wear a beanie, but he wants to be dressed up. I yeah. kind of, I'm writing an article on beanies, or I call it the knit cap. So you call I'm kind of just reiterating. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, you know, te- I I'm half Canadian, so uh, technically I call them t- I can call them tukes too. So right. <laughs> yeah, we all talk about that. Yeah. See. Um, but yeah, that's 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 really uh, it's really interesting because I, I do wish I have like a very modest fedora collection here. Uh, which you know, I say modest, but there's like four of them. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, I have like I have like three, and only one of them fits. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so like I can't really. I wish I could wear them, but I, you know, again, I feel like I'm, I can't. It's it's too costumey. It yeah. pushes in the realm of like costume. if I was older, maybe if I had like a beard, like Ethan Newton again, you know, I think would look. If I could look, if I could be like, have his gravitas, I guess, which I think Spencer mm-hmm. does. I think Spencer can probably pull off a fedora better than I can, you know, especially when he like, there's sometimes when he just tries on a fedora when he's in my room and I'm like, it looks really good on Spencer. I wish I looked like that because I feel a little self-conscious. <laughs> I wish I was bald and out of shape. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. But yeah, that's, yeah. So to get back to, you know, your, your style, um, what, what do you find yourself wearing now? Like, I know there are some times when you do find a vintage piece and you get to tailor it, you alter it to kind of be a little bit more contemporary as, like, you know, like Spencer and I do. You know, we remove shoulder pads or we take it in or whatever. Right. Um, but, well, like, now with your interest in menswear, what do you find that your style is? Like, describe it to us. Right. My, my style is, I suppose if I had to narrow it down to one particular category, it'd be ivy more than anything. But it's not nice. pure ivy. I don't live off of single vented and hook vented jackets and no darts that sort of thing speak for yourself yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i'm my jackets have got darts i like double vents i don't like single vents but for the most mm. part it's a lot of tweed or tweedy looking jackets suits hell yeah necks, dope that's my bands. thing yeah flannel button bands because it's cold it's cold as hell there in the winters gray flannels penny lovers yeah boots in the winter of course that sort of thing so what so before so what were you wearing earlier today you can get in yeah on the, yeah what are you wearing we're like half an hour segment. too late but right you know. <laughs> yeah well i like spencer and um, in pajamas because it's past midnight nice now. because it's a pj party yeah <laughs> except still kind for ethan you're not invited no. <laughs> right right i'm still kind of ivy though um i've got a ut crew neck on university crew neck Okay. Oh, nice. yeah. Classic Ivy. Yeah, you know, up in your, you're up in your school. Yeah, I've, I've. The last time I was in class, that was for an exam. I was wearing this over button down actually, so I do. It do, it's my pajamas. It also doubles as a proper sweater <laughs> going out. But um, early today I was wearing something different. I had a um. I had a blue. I, I'm gonna say Donegal tweed, but it's not quite. It's got it's it's Donegal in the sense that it's headed, but it's not a. Anyway, it's a headed jacket. I was wearing a headed jacket with a grey, light grey crew neck sweater over a grey gingham button down, and uh, I had grey flannels on, and loafers, penny loafers, because it's now warm enough and there's no snow on the ground, and I can wear loafers again. That sounds pretty damn solid. Yeah. I find I find it hard for me to wear sweaters with tailoring, just because I feel like 
I'm covering up my tie and everyone. And you want everyone to see your tie. Well, I mean, you know, striped shirts and patterned ties. Am I right, guys? Like, that's that's how I live my life. Uh, but I am well, wearing a sweater today. Yeah, V-necks. You're so. fine. Yeah. I mean, my issue with most V-necks today is that I feel like it's not deep enough. And, like, the ribbing on the V yep. isn't wide enough. So, like, yep. it looks too modern. You know what I mean? Like... You look at, like, ones from H&M or Banana Republic, and, like, the ribbing on the V is, like, so thin. It's kind of like a T-shirt, and it's so form-fitting. Uh, I'd like a fitted sweater, but not, like, I don't know. It's just not modern ones time. don't do it yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not It just. It's, it's not as flattering. Right. But, dang, that's a, that's a pretty cool. I mean, I like to think I dress a little bit of Ivy, well, more 1930s Ivy, I guess, than, uh, than anything. Right. Um, I, I guess I, I guess for me, I'm... 50s Ivy. So my lapels aren't 60s narrow. They aren't 30s wide, though. And, uh, that, I my love wide. I know you do. I know you do, man. But it's hard to come by here unless you get MGM. Right. So, right. So, on that note, uh, we're about, let's, let's stop pussing footing around. Let's talk about Spear and McKay because right. I, uh, oh, okay. That's a big, um, S&M, like you mentioned made to measure. <laughs> yeah, S&M. exactly. You, you want to go oh, over I love that? that. Yeah. <laughs> BDSM, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because, yeah. like, like you know, we touched we uh, we touched on this earlier. You know, like you said that there's not of oppor- there's not a lot of opportunities for you to wear vintage or find vintage in order to wear it. And I know you have like you know you've got like an overcoat that's vintage, right? Yeah, or most of my like overcoats that. most of my overcoats are vintage. I think that's the one good good thing about this vintage picking in the city is that we're not short on overcoats. I mean, guys need mm-hmm. them, and they yeah, you can find a pretty decent thirty-two right. ounce overcoat there. Not too hard at all. And what, what other pieces of vintage tailoring have you uh, picked up? Uh, because we, we'll talk about Spe- Spear McKay, I guess, in a second. But let's talk more a little bit about the kind of the vintage pieces that you do have. Right. Um, not a lot, actually. The overcoats that I mentioned. Um, right. I've got a. I've got a, grey top coat. It's, um, it's got raglan sleeves, the herringbone tweed, fake tweed. Nice. Sort of thing. Um, I've got a charcoal grey great coat. That one's heavy as hell. That's thirty-two ounce wool, I think, double-breasted. Um, and I've got a barleycorn, sort of light brand, I suppose, overcoat from the fifties. Mm-hmm. And I rotate between those guys. Um, what about in terms of like you know jacketing and suiting? I've only got one. Yeah, because I mean you you said earlier that there's not really like a vintage scene. In uh, in Toronto, right? No, because you just can't find enough stuff. You can't develop. You right. can't develop a vintage lifestyle. It just doesn't. The pieces just don't exist. You have to make do with modern pieces. For the but there part. are. There is there like. I mean, I think you mentioned this the last time we tried to record this. But there is a swing dance scene, right, or something like that. Yeah, there's a swing dance scene pretty much everywhere these days. And yes, Toronto that's, that's has true. one. But uh, Toronto swing dancers, for the most part, they're just regular guys. There's no vintage. They just dance. Yet. They just like the music and they yeah, dance. They just they're dance. not really into. Okay. There might be one or two guys who hmm. are vintage inspired, but they're not. They're not trying to emulate a particular era. They're just vaguely, right. vaguely vintage with the suspenders and mm-hmm. and uh, ascots, I guess. <laughs> so uh, I know that, but but your vintage jacketing. I know you've got like a thirties. Uh, yes. A thirties DB or something like yep, that. Yep. Yep. I. So I figure all this stuff you just got on eBay or whatever. No, um, I actually haven't bought. I don't think I've ever bought anything vintage off eBay. Ever. 
You should. Yeah, I, actually, <laughs> no, I sometime. shouldn't. I think my wallet would thank me for it. Um, <laughs> but um, yes, I have a I have a DB Blazer from 1937. I picked up here. Uh, that's the only true. You, you call that true vintage or golden era vintage? What term you use for it? Well, golden era is more 1920s to 1940s, and I say true vintage for anything pre 60s. So it's like. Like a sack jacket, I would say, oh, I've got a true vintage sack jacket, but then I could be like, oh, I've got a 30s three-roll two sack jacket, like golden mm -hmm. era. So it's that's right. how I use them. Right, right. Um, that's the only... Well, there's that jacket. That's that's the only thing I have from the 30s. That's a jacket. And it's wearable. Day-to-day -day life. The tailgate's from the 30s, I suppose, but I can't exactly wear that regularly. <laughs> um, I mean, you could. I could, but <laughs> I, I like having friends. <laughs> um, That's rude. Pretty solid. Well, yeah. If you if I showed up to lectures wearing a evening tailcoat, that that's that's gonna be, that, that's quite odd. That's gonna be quite odd, brother. Yeah, no, that's not gonna. That's not that's gonna, gonna, work. gonna that's, You're gonna be that guy. Gonna go well, it's gonna yeah. be like the guy at my school that wears a stormtrooper helmet to class. Oh my god. That happened for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, everyone should do their thing, but you know, a little bit of social. Fluency, I guess, grace. or awareness. Yeah, uh, should, awareness should, of is, social yeah. graces. Um, yeah, exactly. Okay, go, going back on track. That's the only. I only have one '30s <laughs> jacket. It's a DB blazer. Okay. Uh, as, as far as stuff I have vintage. It's. I have two tweed jackets. Not golden era. Probably um, pretty classically cut, but probably '70s and '80s. Dark brown herringbone and a um, light brown. Light brown. Um, Hands to for a window pane overcheck, and that's all I really have for vintage. I, I did a, hmm. I did a, I, I purged my wardrobe last year. At the beginning oh, of wow. last year, it was, it was, all vintage, but it was a mismatch of mismatch of things, things like fan here and there, mostly seventies, eighties stuff that was as classic as it could be, and I was never happy with it. So I thought, you know what, clear the racks. I'm going to start. New with, with Spin McKay actually, and we'll get into that later, I think. Yeah, yeah. But next, actually. But yeah. I, I, I cleared I it and started, that... started afresh, and I've only kept a handful of vintage things, stuff I really like or just can't replace. I think this is a good time to get into the actual topic of the episode. Well, roughly forty minutes in. Well, but we. I wanted to talk about Spear McKay. First. Oh, I figured we could talk about that with within the context of the. Uh, of a thing but let's just yeah let's just introduce Spear yeah yeah let's do that because we're probably gonna take a break after we do this part so right yeah yeah so so tell us a little bit about Spear McKay I know that some guy I think I knew about them before you before you oh. told before, well before you told me about them and I know Kelvin I think also mentioned it to me but I think from like style forum and some other guys on uh Real fashion advice. Yeah, they have a, a page subreddit. on style forum that's pretty popular. Yeah, yeah, popular. and they're they're like a Toronto-based, you know, uh, made-to-measure menswear company. Yeah, you want to be specific, Mississauga-based, so northwest of the oh. city, like like an hour, like an hour mm. northwest of the city. But yes, sure. the greater Toronto area. So I I've never that's, been to the head office yeah. because I don't have a car and it would take me hours. <laughs> um, spin, yes. Um, so I guess I should talk a bit about Spin McKay. I. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a rep for them, it. but I'll try my best. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they started about ten, maybe just under ten years ago in Mississauga. Um, 
they're ready to wear and made to measure operation, ready to wear, wear makes up the majority of their business. Um, they started out in, shirt, in shirts and shirting. Um, their shirts are made in India and they branched out to um, tailored clothing, jackets, suits, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Those are made in China. Uh, same place that Suit Supply makes their suits, actually, from what I've heard. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, a different corner of the so same factory. Now. Yes, and I. Interesting. I think they provide the most. Um, as far as value for money is concerned, I think they provide the best MTM service in the city. They're not fantastic, how, and how much but they're a yeah, good balance. Um, I think you can you could probably get a very basic MTM suit for about six to seven. I've never gotten the most basic, so I can't comment directly on this. Oh, I'm yes. not a basic bitch. So and so I and just so never you said you, it's like the but just shiny business suits. I've never had a need for that. Right. I, I, I don't blame you. Big. I wouldn't get that either. Yeah. You said it's like the best bang for the bang for your buck, buck yeah. in the city. So um, wait, hold on. How six, many? How six many? Seven hundred Canadian. Are you about to buy one? Six to seven Canadian. Yeah. I am guessing. That's I like really don't know. I'm just. I I I know what I pay for for the stuff. I guess I'm just trying to create levels below that. So this is a very tentative figure here. Yeah, don't quote. Don't quote me directly. Right. But, but how many different options for kind of made to measure stuff is there in the city? Uh, there's. Their main competitors would be Suit Supply, their made to measure program. Okay. Um, I'm sure Indochino was there too. <laughs> right. And then we have a major department store, menswear department store um, here called Harry Rosen. They have an MTM service, but that's in a completely different price bracket. But that's the only other MTM I can think of. Um, they make their suits with Samuelson. You might have come across some of their stuff. It does travel far. Um, Okay. And Samuelson suits up fifteen hundred, two thousand. So it, not, it's not in the same price bracket, but it's the only other MTM I can think of in the city. There's not much here. Dang. Well, so how did you how did you first discover Spear and McKay? Was it just like you? Uh, it's it's one of those things where you automatically kind of find it when you're into menswear and living in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, yes. No, that that was it. Yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, yes. I I, I feel just searching around in Google really, stumble across their website. I, I I don't have a staff room account so I didn't find them out through there. I just stumbled across their website I think. And I liked what I saw there. Uh, they were in their formative stages at the time. This was probably four years ago. And they were still in Mississauga so I couldn't travel out there. But mm -hmm. I liked the stuff and when I heard they were opening up a, a Toronto store I was there the first week actually. I've been there ever since. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Because last time you said that, like they they know you over there, right? Like you, the whole your buddies yeah, the with whole, those guys. The whole management knows who I am, for the most part, mm -hmm. from uh, chief of operations down. It's just actually pretty funny. At this point, is it is that because like you've been do you just visit them all the time, or because you've been order? I mean, you, a lot of your wardrobe is from them too, right? Almost entirely. My wardrobe is almost. <laughs> Yeah, every modern suit I have is from Spear McKay. <laughs> well, hot damn. Do you ha do you do you favor like a specific cut that they make, or do you just have kind of like? Or like, you why don't you tell us all also about like you know the customizations that they offer? Yeah. And uh, attention, this is not a sponsored post for Spear and McKay. This is just us being curious because we don't have one down here. But if you guys want to, oh, <laughs> narrow casting a little there bit. There we go. But that's okay. Right. 
Well, Spinmaker doesn't have a specific list of stuff you can do and can't do with MTM. So, so that means it's all on the table. Theoretically, it's all on the <laughs> oh, table, but of course... It's on the table. Yeah. I want a belt back, please. Thank you very much. You know, one of the sales associates wants to do that at some point. And it's all on the table, so... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I mean, think I know where I'm going now. Yeah. <laughs> Toronto? Toronto, baby. Whether they can do Here it is come. a different story, though. Um, they will try. That's all I can say. <laughs> but And that's all you could ask but for. But, like, I mean, you've told us that you've been able... Or you've attempted to, you know, make the lapels wider or lower the notch placement as well. Yeah. Uh, lapel widening is very... It's, it's, it, it, it's worked for me. Um, the standard lapel width is, I think, hmm. three, and a, three and a quarter, maybe three and a half for some. And That's not bad. I, the MCN that I have got, I've had them widen it to four inches, and uh, yeah, they turn out well. Nice. Also, when they, they when wow. they widen it to four inches, they drop they drop the gorge as well, just as a consequence like of moving to a different lapel shape. Like, or yeah. just like it came with it. That's pretty. Just damn naturally, cool. they drop the gorge. So yeah. Yeah, I guess maybe they, they thought it would look better because, you know, modern lapels now have, like, gorges that are, like, flying off the top of your shoulder, man. Right, right. Like, then, it's... Where are you going, Gorge? Come on. Yeah, it's right. a very 70s type of thing, I guess. So, yeah, so the gorges aren't as low as the gorges on your jacket, even, or on Spencer's jacket in his profile picture. But they're... They're, they're and I think we're both wearing like 70s jackets so yeah, yeah. I mean, but like the good 70s ones because like, there are again there are some that are like way, way up here right oh yeah right yeah, yeah. Brooks Brothers right yours so it's they, yeah they yeah I'm wearing true. a Brooks Brothers uh, sack sack jacket yeah very sexy down just that. saying thank you thank can you, you. Can ASMR can you give us some ASMR yeah I was about to say <laughs> oh yeah let, let me give you some ASMR let me just uh, let me just ruffle some stuff around the microphone and say sack jacket I think our listeners will like that very much. Um, we should do an entire ASMR episode where we just where we just whisper. Yeah, and we like cut cut hair or something. <laughs> yep. Um, but and so again, I just want to reiterate that the price is like very reasonable because I think Indochino is like four hundred, but you don't get to do a lot of customizations. I mean, you can't change like the leg opening, obviously. I mean, I've had success, you know, increasing the rise, but, like, the legs are so damn skinny that right. luckily they had enough in there to make, you know, to be more comfortable, at least where I want it. Right. Um, I forgot about Indochino. Like, Indochino has a presence here, too, but I don't think they're in the same ballpark as Spade McKay or Superfly. Well, right, right. I think that uh, I think Indochino is, like, the fast fashion version of it. Right. Uh, but what about the ready? I mean, do you all of your stuff made to measure? Or do you have some ready to wear options? The suits that I use most often from them, um, they call them the merino tweeds. So they have a dongle sort of look to them, but they're a lot. They're still rough, but they're a lot smoother, more business-like. I suppose would be a word for it. Okay. And I, okay. I have all the ones they made actually. They they put that they put they pumped mm. out a brown one, a grey one, and a blue one. Just pumping. Yeah. A pr- yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's if you if you if you have in like a minimalist wardrobe, that's all the suits you need, my dude. That is all the suits I need. I've I've rotated through them. uh, Odd trousers and jackets. I've taken uh, the trousers from the the trousers from the grey, the jacket from the blue, worn that as an outfit. I've taken the brown jacket and grey trousers, worn that as an outfit. Grey jacket, blue trousers, worn that as an outfit. Yes, I I've lived off those three suits for the past four or five months now. And, yeah. and and we'll get into that after the break, but uh, I mean, 
I literally, I think now I've got like five brown suits. No, that can't be right. Well, maybe not. I've got like five blue suits and I don't have any gray suits. And I feel like I need to uh, to do that. There was a suit supply suit I put on my Instagram story that I'm kind of considering, but I don't I don't have the money for it. I, I think I should um, talk about, we, we started out by talking about the customization that's been the KCAN offer. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I Go think ahead. a good way of going about it is just to describe what jackets I've got in MTM and how that differs from the standard jacket. Mm-hmm. So the standard jackets, um, lightly padded shoulders, n- not Italian, no, no pleasing at the, at the sleeve heads, uh, three and a half, three and a quarter, three and a half inch notch lapels, jetted po- jetted flat pockets, double vents. The jackets mm-hmm. I've been getting, I've widened the lapels by half an inch. Hmm. I've um, added patch pockets, three patch pockets, breast, a breast patch pocket and two side patch pockets. Always good. I love yeah. that. Me too. Yeah, quarter. I sound that say it was so wistful, but it's just because I don't have enough triple patch pocket jackets. Right. They are really great. Right. Yeah. Quarter lining. Um, quarter. I've, lining. I've gotten extra pockets there and there on the inside. On uh, two more on the um, insides of the jackets, and I've got coin pockets this uh, on the trousers. Mm-hmm. That's. That's pretty. I mean, that's that's that sounds like a lot of customizations. Yes, and as we as we said earlier, everything is theoretically on the table, whether they can do it or Damn. not. I mean, the more you add and to the, it, the less likely it is to happen happen correctly all at once. Right, because you said that you've tried to do some stuff and they didn't come out quite right. Um, right. <laughs> do you want to give us some examples of that, or do you want not want to? I, I have, bad, have any yeah. bad blood. No, I doubt they're listening. I doubt they're, they're listening into this anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. No one listens to this. <laughs> um, no, it's just it's an LA podcast, right? These are Toronto guys. Yeah, I went to that way. Not, not, I wasn't making a jab at your uh, your audience. At our limited anyway. listenership, right? We'll get there. Well, well, but yeah. yeah, so what what ha- what went wrong? Nothing. <laughs> what, what what? How do they wang it? I mean, They're, remember that. You know, brands only get better when people bring up what uh, what's wrong with it. So you know, um, I'm just saying. <laughs> yes, I, I can't actually speak too much. I've been pretty lucky with them, so I can't speak too much uh, about that. But if you ever have Kelvin right. Wang on, or maybe Zane Lim, they could. They don't. Let's say and they don't we like, probably will eventually. Yeah, they don't. They don't like Spear McKay, so they can probably dish the dirt. Oh, there. yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I'm glad that we're having this circle jerk for them on this episode, then. Right, right. Um, the worst that's come out is the sleeves have been, oh, I mean, uh, much too mm. short. But that was more the, um, I think that was more of a sales associate issue than it was a factory issue. And what did what uh, were you able to fix that, or did they have like the uh, functional button cuffs? They had the functional button cuffs. Is... That was the issue. Oh and no! I, and I had to send. I had to stretch them out by three quarters of an inch. So they look, they look a bit odd. They're not terrible, but at, at <laughs> some point, at some point, I think I. It's not perfect. Yeah, I might yeah, send them to. I might send them to Invisible Men at some point, and you know, okay. fix, fix okay. it that way. Well, I mean, other than that, they sound really cool. I know Spencer has gotten some Spear McKay chinos. After we recorded the episode, because I was on their website, and I was like, oh, my God, they have high-rise chinos for 50 bucks. 
and I ordered a pair and I've worn them so much already. So much. You know, I'm actually, I'm honestly looking at them too. Uh, but I might use that same money and get a pair of Stofa made to measure trousers. Trousers? Trousers. 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 Yeah. 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 Um, but we'll see. I I emailed Stofa if they had dark brown cotton moleskin in stock and how much it was. And so if it's a reasonable price, and by that I mean like $300, (laughs) then I will do that because I really like their stuff. I really like their aesthetic. Um, Yeah, yeah, thanks for telling us about Speed and McKay. One last... Um, Yeah, thanks. Yeah, One last thing, if I may, about Speed and McKay. And I think their main selling point for MTM, it's, it's their main selling point above the customization options is the fabric selection. That's what really drew them. Oh yeah, what fabrics do they use? They have access to everything that Huddersfield Limited makes. So they have all all the frescoes, um, English flannels, English tweeds, Harris tweeds. Oh, if you're an Anglophile, this is heaven, basically. They have a best. And you know we are. I want to go up to. (laughs) Yeah, that's what. I'm gonna drive up to Toronto. (laughs) Yeah, drive across. That's, well, that's that's mm-hmm. super cool. I think we're probably going to, uh, you know, if I'm ever in Toronto, which I hope is sometime soon, within like the year or so. Yeah. Well, uh, I would I would love road that. trip. Road. Nope. Probably gonna fly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I think we're gonna take a quick break right now, and then we'll get back uh, with our main topic. We'll be right back with some style direction. All right, guys. Hi, welcome back to Style and Direction. Um, oh, I thought Spencer would say like last time, "Oh, men's wear podcast without the stuff." Men's wear podcast without the stuff. There we go. There it is. There it is. Um, so today we're going to be discussing the concept of having a uniform. Now, I know this is not, you know, wearing a polo shirt and khakis at a Christian school. Ooh, callback. Uh, yeah, callback. Um, but you know, a lot of guys today that I found is that guys have a uniform you know not everyone dresses in a different way every single day i know that and we'll get into we can get into me later on in detail but i try and wear something a little bit different every day you know whether it's doing something ivy doing something 30s um you know or you know going for some minimalistic street street wear ish kind of thing on the weekends you know but i try and do something different but and i try to do one nice thing for myself every day there you Twin go. Peaks. I've never Check seen it, out. but <laughs> I've seen like five episodes. <laughs> I love David. L- is that David Lynch? It's David Lynch. Love it. Um, I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen anything by David Lynch. Wait, have I? No, no, no. I haven't. No, I'm thinking <laughs> of David Fincher. <laughs> right. But um, but anyway, so but the fact remains that a lot of guys tend to default to uniform, and it's no fault on them. It's not. They're not saying that they're not creative, but it's just. Because I mean, it's, because it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, it's it makes things kind of familiar. Uh, mm-hmm. But our guest uh, last time we talked, he did say that he had a uniform, so I thought it'd be very fitting that you know we kind of discuss it with ah, him. Ah, fitting. And he, Close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, t- t- very right. punny, very punny. Uh, there we go. Um, but you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier. But you have three suits from Spear and McKay. You got brown, uh, gray, and navy blue. Uh, right. not navy. It's lighter than that. Air Force, I suppose. Oh. I actually really like the color. Okay pretty good yeah but yes i have those three suits and as i mentioned earlier i cycle through them taking the trash from right. one the jack from the other vice versa and that's how i that's how i dress that's how i've been dressed so, for the past right few months. so you know you said that you you go for an ivy look but like what exactly comprise 
it, or like what, what what comprises your actual uniform each day? Like what are the pieces you put in and change out or whatever besides the suits? Um, I well, I switch out shirts. I switch out sweaters. Hmm. Some... And what like are, is there a lot of them? Like do you have like you know different variations of patterns <laughs> on those shirts? Um. On the shirts, on the shirts, yes, definitely. I've got gingham checks. I've got windowpane checks. I've got the university stripes. That do you call them university stripes? Bengal stripes. I think we'll get a term for it. I just, I just say stripes for whatever. Yeah. I say, I say university striped to refer to a specific type of striped shirt. Right. Yeah. The um... because I'm knowledgeable. <laughs> yes, you are, Spencer. Yes, you are. Uh, Thanks. Right. Yes, I have a lot of button and shirts. Mainly from mainly from Brooksburgers actually. Um, they, I know they exp- they're very expensive um, regularly, but they have a lot of sales, and they can go mm-hmm. 40-50% off, and I usually pick them up then. Um, but I have a lot of button-down shirts, shirts, almost entirely button-down shirts, actually. I think I've, I can count the number of point colors I've got in one hand. Level button-downs these days. So, really quick, I think that we should get more, get go, go into more detail about what exactly we mean by a uh, personal uniform and kind of like why a lot of guys are drawn to it. Because uh-huh. we kind of mentioned it, but we didn't really get too deeply into that. Right. Get deep, um, Spence. Yep. Steer us back Thanks. on track, fellas. So uh, when we talk about personal uniform, I, I in preparation for this, uh, I was reading a lot of different articles uh, from various publications, some focused on fashion, some not, uh, about you know the concept of having a personal uniform. Uh, one thing I noticed across the board, they basically all mentioned Steve Jobs, who, huh. uh, yeah, but like they, you know, who always wore the turtleneck and his 501s basically every day for like 20, 30 years. I don't think we're necessarily talking about that specific, like that very strict definition of personal uniform. Am I right here? Yes. No, that's uh, that's what I want to wear every day. So. Right. Okay. No. I mean, I can't see you pull, wearing that outfit, Ethan. So I mean, I think there is a picture of me wearing a light, light wash denim with a turtleneck somewhere. Um, but uh, what, what, another another thing, almost all these articles mentioned was uh, the quote from Obama from a couple of years yes, ago, yes. where he says that he that's always right. wears like dark navy suits um, because that's one less decision he has to deal with. Yes, it's the whole issue of decisional uh, fatigue, right? And avoiding that in the morning. Yeah, yeah. And that one I can kind of get, but it's still... I've never I've never really thought that picking out clothes was that big a deal. Right. <laughs> but all this, um, does that, does that, is that hold true for you? I know as a university student, you must have other responsibilities. You, yes, and, and I live... Is, is, yeah, and I live a fair ways away from campus, so... Uh, a lot of times I, I I have to be out of the house by seven seven thirty in the morning, um, uh-huh. and university students I probably sleep at like one, still a bit tired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, one two. So I'm I'm. A lot so of... do you think that that's why you started doing it? Is that or what other reasons do you have for like you know sticking with that uniform, just interchanging, you know trousers and jackets yeah because really quick we, what we're talking about uniform and i we we might have already mentioned this uniform as in you wear a similar thing every day yeah but that's just kind of your and, and, and that's right because i do wear a very similar thing every day it's but the same it's jacket or trousers crew neck button man just switching up mm. the pa- colors and patterns depending on what's a ve- depending on 
how I feel to an extent, but mainly on what's... How much fun do I want to have? Actually, it's dependent mainly on what's fresh and has been, hasn't been worn yet that week. <laughs> oh, the practical way yeah, of looking at it. Yeah. Oh, I literally can't wear that because it's dirty in the laundry. I guess I can't yep, wear yeah. that. And it really does stem from a lack of time. The, uh, the decisional fatigue issue that Obama's case brings up. I just don't mm-hmm. want to think that no, much about it in the mornings. Yes. Because I definitely get that because I have class. I, on Mondays and Wednesdays, my classes start at 7.45. I have to wake up at around six, six fifteen, six thirty at the latest. You know, shower, have someone quick for breakfast, and leave. And most of the time, I just like do not like give a shit. I do not want to deal with like staring at my closet, thinking, "Oh, what am I gonna wear?" So, um, my the the way my closet is arranged is, uh, it's like kind of it's like kind of split down the mill- middle by like a support thing. So on one half of the supports. That's where I keep all my, uh, all my like, or at least a lot of my suits and my dress shirts. On the other half, I have my casual jackets, uh, my like casual shirts, and then my pants. And here's what I do almost every single day when I'm going to class. My jeans are on the floor from the, from the day before because I wear jeans almost every day. I grab a random shirt from my casual uh, shirt stack. And if it's cold, I grab, like, you know, I grab a jacket. And what's nice about the way that I have it set up is it's, it's you know, it's a very similar, it's, well, kind of a similar look every day. It's always, you know, like a sport shirt or a work shirt with a, with a casual jacket is I don't have to think about, is this going to look good together? Because I intentionally buy everything to make sure it looks good with jeans and then, like, casual jackets that are usually brown or maybe blue. So that like that's that's how I take the thinking out of it. I just like you know kind of have a lot of stuff that I know for a fact looks good together, and that's how I shop. Yeah, that's that's a wise way to shop, I'd say. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a similar situation for me as well. I've got the suits hanging behind the door. I've got shirts and the small closet that I do have. I've got sweaters folded up on the chair I have at the foot of my bed, and yeah, I just grab one one of each mm-hmm. from each area. Coats on the way out. The hats in the pocket already. Yes, yeah. <laughs> at the door. I, th- I think that context plays a big deal here, though, because you guys are both students. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys don't have a lot of time. You know, you're gonna be leaving for you know maybe your day job or you know go into class and then gotta do something else. And I think uh, I can't speak for all this, but I know Spencer sometimes will modify the outfit if he's got work later on that day. Yeah, yeah. Usually, if I have time. work, because it, it's like also Mondays and Wednesdays. Usually, I have work like right after class. Right, so you and so in, just in that tie, case, I guess, right? what was that? You just, put a t- you just keep a tie in your bag or satchel rolled up. Basically, yeah, I leave my tie in my car, and it's like I I usually just wear, um, you know, I just it's usually the chinos now, the Spirit McKay chinos. <laughs> With like white Converse yeah, and like whatever shirt I'm wearing, I'm wearing to work. Just the sleeves rolled up and like uh, you know, collar open stuff like that. Yes. The the reason why I bring up context is because I definitely don't have that, you know, that whole like urgency or you know one less thing to think of. Well, because you um, also lay out your outfits like for the entire week. That's true. So for for me, um, and you know, again, adding a little context here. So because I work you know, at a menswear job, I literally have the freedom to wear whatever the hell I want. And usually what I want is dressed up. So it's not like I'm wearing like ripped jeans or anything. 
Um, but I do lay out what I'm going to wear just based on like what I want to talk about. And usually I guess that's because again, my context is I'm a blogger. I like to write about stuff, you know, and you know, as I pick items out of my closet, I think of, okay, you know, what is like, what will pop out to me? And maybe if I'll pick out like, Oh, I I really want to wear the sweater. And I think, Oh, I haven't written about the sweater. Maybe I'll write about that, you know, or I'll think, I think like what this week is, uh, I was writing about beanies, which will probably come up in like two weeks because I've got other stuff coming out. But I'm intentionally wearing a lot of like tweed plaid jackets uh, with flannels just so I can say, oh, look, you can wear beanies or toques, whatever you want to call them, with tailoring as long as it's more rugged. You know, obviously they go a lot with jeans and chinos, but with tailoring, it's got to have that kind of, you know, rougher, more, uh, I guess, functional use out of it. And but again, that, that kind of dictated what. I guess the uniform for that week is, you know, and, but there are times when my attire doesn't really always follow that. Like mm-hmm. sometimes when I don't have a blog post, yeah, I'll just wear like say, random like, shit that I'm like, I kind of feel like wearing a cotton suit today. I'll wear, uh, I'll wear open collar this day. I'll wear a bow tie this day. So it, I don't really have that whole, like, so even, so thing. even when you're not like writing about the outfit and you're not being as intentional, I mean, it sounds like there, there's not really much specific that you tend to gravitate to. I, you know, at least not for, not for that, you know, I mean, if you, there are some days when, um, say like if I'm going to be, um, what do you call it? Like if I, like on a Sunday, you know, and usually I get home Sunday, you know, maybe like midnight at the latest, but I do, it just, t- sometimes it takes me a long time to figure out what I'm wearing that week. And sometimes it doesn't. Hmm. Um, uh, but there are some days where I get home super late on Sunday and I don't have time. And, and Monday morning, I just have to go out the door. And at that point, I usually like, I usually pick like a pair of chinos. If it's summertime, if it's like now when it's more winter, I'd probably pair, like pick up my gray trousers. And then I, you know, pick any random shirt honestly will work with chinos and like a, either a Navy or Brown jacket. Like, you know, like all just, just mentioned earlier. Uh, and then of course I'll probably pick a striped tie just so I don't have to think about the the foolards because with my foolards and prints it's a little bit harder because there are you know varying degrees of size and scale yeah and those are a little bit more intentional but my rep ties and my stripes tend to go with everything mm-hmm. um but that doesn't happen that often for me you know usually if i'm gonna pick chinos and a jacket it's usually something intentional and because i want to wear that tie or i want to wear that shirt and, so uh, be- because because I, I I mean I think that you would agree that at least in terms of your shirt and ties you kind of have a uniform that you have talked extensively about. Yeah, it's it's striped ties and patterned shirts. And again, the uh, of course if you you know you look at the the fine details, they're gonna be different. Like there's different variations of stripes. You know, I don't have yeah. all Bengal, all University. Um, you know, I don't have all OCBDs and all you know point collars you know there's different variations of each there's some that are contrast collar there's some that are a little bit shorter and then with ties you've got like you know like straight foolage you've got like big medallion prints you've got like ones that are kind of like splattered all over the place Mm -hmm. and even with rep ties you know you've got again different variations of of uh scaling and colors and whatnot but like you said yeah that's true i do have that uniform you know I'm, I'm almost always wearing a striped shirt and a pattern tie there's I, never I, I a time your, when i'm not on your story a couple of weeks ago you were joking about like creating like the ethan like shirt collection and you would like sell like two shirts like one of them would be blue that's stripe. true <laughs> yeah it would be like a blue stripe spear point or you know just a blue stripe shirt and then mm-hmm. 
that would literally be i mean other than what, what's the other what's and other I caveat did, to that like a plain would, blue chambray i don't know like yeah <laughs> yeah but i'm yeah so if you think, yeah i guess so i do have like that would be like my uniform i always mm-hmm. pick something blue and i and i do find myself gravitating towards a shirt that has blue in it and a tie that has blue in it um i do have you know like you know red stripes and green stripes or whatever but i i feel like you know a blue is always like the more superior choice or the the best <laughs> the choice and i think for me it's choice, like yes because some colors yeah. are well, inherently, you know, inherently superior to other colors there you go yeah well i mean like it you know it takes a lot of uh, thought to try and make a green striped shirt work because i feel like if i wore like a burgundy tie i feel like it's getting a little bit too close into christmas attire you know yeah cuz right. i mean i tell customers all the time like at men's warehouse we sell like there are like two striped shirts basically i don't know why we don't sell a lot of striped shirts are are striped shirts just like out right now no okay so or is it just like men's warehouse has is like no two three no, no, years no. behind so. i mean even at where i work at ascot chang we sell i think way more checks than stripes you know i think it's basically checks and solids over stripes anything. I, I think but yeah i mean we we have we have like like a couple striped shirts and i always recommend those to customers because i say they go with everything especially blue stripes so I think again, that's just kind of like you know it looks good, and it's kind of taken out one decision. If I, if I well, may add I, uh, yeah. a few things here, um, yeah, I, yeah, I think check shirts are generally easier to pair without a tie. That's my personal opinion, and you can beg to differ. Oh yeah, uh, and that is probably yeah. why people wear them. Yes, that's yeah. why I I do wear check shirts more often than university stripes. And, and, and that's, that's why I yeah. never wear check shirts <laughs> because you always have I'm a tie. Always, on. Yeah, and if I'm going to be dressed down, I just don't wear a button-up shirt. Right. That's kind of just how it works. Right. Um, but, you know, I think uh, this is kind of a little off-topic, but I think the reason why striped shirts aren't used is because of how inherently old-school they look, which is why I wear them, you know, to have that, and I say it all the time, to have a vintage look, you need a striped shirt and a pattern tie. Like, that automatically looks old-school. You know, not just to, you know, 30s looks, but just in general. Also, yeah. and, and that's probably why people don't do that. Also, if I could go off on a bit of a tangent as well, briefly. Uh, gingham shirts, um, do they exist in the 30s? I mean, were they around? Ever? Oh, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a great picture. I think Spencer posted a long time ago. I don't know. Again, I don't know if it was in the Facebook group. But there's a guy wearing, if not a, if if it's not a uh, like a gingham shirt, it's definitely like a plaid shirt. Uh-huh. And it's a spear point wearing with like a herringbone tweed suit, and it looks badass. Yeah, because I mean, generally, like check shirts were—I I could be talking on my ass right now—but I, I believe that check shirts were more often worn as like casual shirts or like sport shirts, but striped shirts were definitely worn more. But they—I mean—they existed. Check shirts existed, and gingham shirts existed. Right. Yeah, I mean, I I also have a few, like, 30 shirts that have, like, a deco print on them. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, these, you know, youth fashion uh shirts did exist back in the right. day. You know. A, a third part. Um, but to, to get... To get back on track, what yeah. Were we seeing all this? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a third... Yeah, I've <laughs> this yeah, is the worst. Should, should we go off? Talk, continue yeah, going yeah. off on a tangent? Yeah, just go back on track. It's fine. Oh, just go ahead. What were you saying? Uh, dot print shirts. I have a blue Oxford with a white with white dots on it, and I kind of like that actually. And those were yeah, it's a it's a fun it. shirt. Yeah, I know Drake's has one that I was like, oh, I could wear that, but also I'm like, I probably wouldn't wear it as much as like if I got a chambray button down or something like that. Um, but the the point I wanted to make was that 
when it comes to uniform, I definitely have a casual uniform because I find Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, okay. So I'm sure that the listeners know that I don't wear suits all the time. Like, yeah, I wear them like five days a week. But if I'm going on a date, if I'm hanging out with my friends, I almost immediately change after work. Um, and casual wear is still something that I'm experimenting with. And it takes a lot more thought to do just because of, again, how drastic I can make it. You know, like with Ivy, you know, transitioning from Ivy to vintage isn't that hard for me, especially because the Ivy I like is a little bit older. And if mm-hmm. I want to do like a more 30s look, I just, you know, maybe get a bolder tie. But with, you know, casual wear, it's so all over the place. You know, it's like, do I want to do a 40s casual look? Do I want to do workwear look? Do I want to do minimal SLP? You know, and that is very, it takes a lot of, thought again with the, the you know the, the decision fatigue as we mentioned yeah. earlier and with that i definitely have a uniform mm-hmm. like if i'm going to do slp and I, again it has different contexts but like slp is basically like chelsea boots and black jeans and then you know a hawaiian shirt or some kind of loop collar shirt and like that's done and i have like a few options to just kind of swap out for that if i'm going to do workwear it's probably you know chore coat with denim and something you know either like a t-shirt or whatever like and i have almost all my t-shirts are some form of like white or gray and they have stripes maybe there's like a small mm-hmm. print on it but it's always plain i just swap that out you don't have any like fun pop yeah. culture graphic tees oh yeah then i have got that which is like I haven't got a single one like kind of like but you just sleep in those right you don't wear them out well, pop pop culture ones, no. But like, if we're talking like graphic tees, I definitely have a few like seventies and eighties, and maybe oh, like okay, those 90s are fun. Ones. Those are fun. And those, I again, I, it's kind of similar to SLP, but it's more of like I'm going for like a seventies eighties look, a little yeah. bit updated, where I wear like you know a shirt that has some kind of minimal print or like minimal graphic on it, and mm-hmm. I'll tuck that into like black jeans or light wash jeans, and then wear them with like Vans, and then. Maybe I'll add a jacket over it. Maybe I won't. And then um, now I find myself wearing a beanie all the time because I kind of felt cool. like I looked a little bit off or this might be just be me personally, but without adding that extra thing, I felt like it was just, it was missing something. And wearing the beanie kind of adds to that whole like slouch look, mm-hmm. right? which I, I get into on the blog post that you'll see eventually. But uh, yeah, I do have a uniform for casual stuff. I just swap out stuff. And it's probably just because I only have a few pairs of, casual pants it's usually just black jeans or light wash jeans because i I typically use my indigo jeans for you know either workwear specifically or for tailoring um but then and then all all the only thing that changes are really the shirt and the shirts really aren't that different from each other um and then the shoes again are also not that different they're all very plain you know there's not as many pieces as shirt you know striped shirt which color striped shirt which tie and whatever and you know, if we think about it, um, and I know Spencer can bring up some articles, but I think that that's why some guys kind of do it because, you know, if you limit the options that you have, it's way easier to mix and match. Yeah. And, and that's th- no, that's that's literally the point I was about to bring up um, because yeah. I kind of mentioned this before when I was talking about my casual wardrobe. And this is not necessarily like a personal uniform thing, but I remember uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I watched a video uh, that was uh, Bruce Boyer, menswear writer, is launching a capsule collection of shirts. And he oh, said, yeah, yeah, Merol, right? when designing with, it... With Merol? It's not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's Merol, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he was talking about when designing it, he, he wanted it to be... You could, like... Or I, I can't remember if he was talking about the specifically design process or just his, like, 
his personal philosophy of fashion was like he wants it to be so you can get dressed in the dark and leave like knowing that you look good like very confident and that's not something that i necessarily want for my entire wardrobe but something that i was talking about for in the last episode uh about my kind of journalist spencer outfits um that's kind of how it is now and i kind of want to keep that going where i can just grab random pieces throw them on and be like okay i'm like you know it's i'm semi-professional yeah, yeah to be pleased uh, because, with what you're wearing even. yeah exactly because it's like for i i it, like when i get a real job writing i'm probably not going to be wearing a whole lot of suits because most journalists dress like shit and i don't want to uh, especially in, so- I, yeah, I, in southern california yeah and i exactly and i don't want to rock the boat too much or be that guy or whatever yeah. um but yeah, I, I, I kind of like the idea of just having like, not necessarily a minimalist wardrobe, but like such a, a, a well-defined aesthetic that you could just grab whatever and you're good. The, um, that's, that's pretty, uh, that's, a, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's because I, again, I don't, I like trying to be creative and forcing myself to pick from random stuff. And it's also because I love having a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, the endearing things about it. But. The endearing yeah, thing yeah, about a minimalist wardrobe would be uh, it's twofold. You save a lot of time to be in a hurry and you have to run out of the house in a hurry by having a minimalist mm-hmm. wardrobe that works well. Um, the pieces work well with each other and you can grab it and go. And also you save a hell mm-hmm. of a lot of money by just... Oh yeah. That's, that's definitely true. You know, I, I'll know. I mean, I'm sure that capsule wardrobes have been around for a long time, but I feel like in the past like seven years... Uh, they've been very popular, and I, I'm guessing mm-hmm. that it's because of the the rise of popularity of menswear blogs. Yeah. You know, and this is something that we'll have to discuss another time. But um, the menswear blogs kind of turn into this whole lifestyle thing, which I don't like because it dilutes the content and it makes it less good, in my opinion. Um, but I think it's because guys are so desperate to finding an easy way to dress up that they just oh, don't yeah. care. They no, don't they don't want to have to think about it. And and it's so easy for these bloggers to kind of just come up with this stuff because you know, if you look at when you look at it, it's basically all the same. Like these guys kind of reiterate the same things over and over again. Uh-huh. You know, it's always, you know, like oh for summer, like khaki shorts and a couple of blue and white button-ups and that's it, you know, like and it's it's great for guys who don't care, but I feel like you know, you're missing out on some of the creativity and something that I've had to recognize mm-hmm. over the past, my I guess my short blogging career is that guys, they don't want to be creative. They want to be told what to do. Yep. And I guess that's what makes my blog so niche. You know, that's why it resonates with people who don't have that. But especially when I started, you know, they, you know, I would get questions back, back on Tumblr when I would just post on Tumblr only, did not have Instagram, did not have anything else. They would ask, hey, what suit should I start out with? And I'm like, buddy, I don't know because, like, my first vintage suit was, like, a brown flannel and I did not even have, like, a navy suit because – and I think we talked about this before, but, like, with vintage, there's no seasons. You know, it's whatever yeah. the vintage store happens to find or whatever. Yeah, because whatever. you're ne- because if you don't buy it then, there's, pro- there's a good chance you'll never, ever get a chance to get it. Exactly. So I didn't start off with like that, you know, and so it's never been in my – personal journey to have a capsule wardrobe or a uniform you know until very Mm -hmm. recently and even then it doesn't even apply to like my suiting it just applies to other stuff yeah Um, but you know i can see why this this concept is such a big deal to people 
and and it's it's kind of cool you know it ha- like spencer said having a defined aesthetic that people can recognize you for but personally i feel like you know you do lose out a little bit on the creativity and that that again that, that's probably just me well this is this is not necessarily the um maybe not necessarily the personal uniform thing but more along the lines of the minimalist capsule wardrobe right so the stuff that like all this does or when we name drop time when we talked to uh kenji at inspiration oh yeah he was talking about how ethan newton doesn't really have a whole lot of like you know he to doesn't be have fair he said he has like seven suits and i'm like oh. well i mean okay. i i have but more suits so he than said than okay he so yeah. just let's pretend that kenji didn't lie to us um he said that ethan ethan newton didn't have a whole lot of like individual pieces but he just like mixes and matches them a whole lot right um so it's like you could talk you could you know argue that in that case it there is a lot of creativity involved because like what can i do new with this like what can i do new with these same like you know seven pieces right um yeah i think that's true and i think you know, having a bespoke wardrobe definitely helps with that, though. Like, for mm-hmm. again, for us, it's like, oh, I had to buy this gray tweed suit, even though I live in L.A., because I'm never going to see it again. But yeah. then, then you can't wear it, so then you spend your time waiting for a gray summer suit or something uh-huh. like that, you know, which is, I think is the reason why my wardrobe is so large. Like, if I, if I was able to kind of pick and choose, like, yeah, I'd probably only have a couple of, you know, trousers, a couple of brown suits, but because, you know, things happen so randomly, I have to... I guess I didn't have to, but, you know, by my own personal choice, I decided mm. to have a huge wardrobe. Yeah, I think you hit the um, nail on the head, Mary, even with uh, the fact that when you buy vintage, you can't pick and choose, and thus it's almost impossible to build a minimalist wardrobe, because you don't Yeah. Yeah, you don't know from day to day what you're going to find, and you just... Yeah. You can't plan that. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that's that's basically it's, it's it. But I that, will also... It's one of the things that... Uh, that's pushed me away from vintage to be honest it's not being able to plan I, I like planning things in advance yeah having a list of things i need finding gaps in my wardrobe and then plugging them when i get the money i yeah. I, 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 I right. really like it, that feeling yeah and you know i just threw away a band-aid i wasn't being used but that's probably what the crinkling if you're listening that's what you heard um <laughs> but, but uh, no, I, I, you know, when you say pulling away from vintage, I think that's exactly why I started to pull away from vintage. Obviously, I still, you know, thrift. Actually, I haven't thrifted in a while, but I still buy, like, sack su- su- suits. Su- suits. Uh, <laughs> I still buy sack jackets and whatnot. But, you know, I've been trying to get, you know, more contemporary, like, you know, trying to thrift Ralph Lauren as opposed to thrifting 30s, you know, because it's, that, it's easier. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I still, I'm still getting all my stuff, quote unquote, like, vintage on eBay. But it's so much, as Lee said, it's so much easier to go on eBay and get, like, a 70s or 80s suit yeah. that, like, kind of fits what you're looking for rather than wait for that suit, that 80-year-old suit to come along. Right. Because, you know, I mean, you know, the fact still remains that vintage suits are still heavier. You know, even uh-huh. though they're better made, you know, they're, they're still, the fabric's a little bit different. They're not as fine. And while I don't like ultra-fine stuff... You know, I don't want a summer suit that's still too a little too heavy. Yeah, like yeah. a fourteen ounce um, more than the summer. No, you can't. You exactly, can't exactly. So, yeah. So you know, being able to you know get some of the basics, and I think Spencer and I have been both doing this. It's like now that we've kind of gone past vintage menswear a little bit, we're trying to get those basics that we never could get before. Yeah, exactly. Like I still don't have 
linen trousers uh-huh. because I, you know, at first it was like, I'm going to wait till I find a, pair, a good pair and I don't want to buy a modern pair. But now I'm like, well, I'm just going to buy some from like Ralph Lauren, which kind of fit both aesthetics and I can still wear them. Yeah. You know, but yeah, Definitely. that's kind of a different topic. But but yeah, guys, I'm going to pose a question to you. It might be a bit of a digression. Sure. But, um, have you guys ever given thought to the idea of your ideal wardrobe? Let's say I blank slate, blank oh. slate, put blank check, build a wardrobe, go. What, what's in it? Oh, fuck. I'll, I, I've, I've thought about this a few times. So um, I think that it would basically be an extension of like what you've got going on, you know, brown suit, gray suit, blue suit. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I'd probably wear, you know, the brown and blue way more often. And if I could, again, if I could design exactly what was on them, then yeah, I, I think I'd just have three suits, you know. But I would probably supplement that with like, you know, some chinos, uh, you know, maybe like some cords as well. And, um, and some odd jackets again, probably in brown checks or houndstooth, similar to what I tend to wear now. And then just have a whole bunch of ties <laughs> and then, you know, I have a, a couple of copies of blue striped shirts and red striped shirts. And I think that would round out my wardrobe, copies of but blue I think shirts? See, you like them that you like them that much that you have several blue striped shirts. Well, again, variations different, like different stripes or different diff- like different collars different co- yeah button down uh club collar contrast collar contrast strip spear point contrast club collar. you know just having ha- shirts and ties are i think are if you look at my wardrobe how i exude my personality mostly i think um obviously i have a lot of statement pieces i think that's true for most of us. we can't i mean we but can't yeah i think and i think that, yeah that's yeah. that is true yeah so uh, that would be my ideal wardrobe, and again, it would probably have a lot of patch pockets, you know, belt oh, yeah. backs. Well, oh, yeah. yeah, I, I don't think okay, I would probably this point, think about just, belt backs. <laughs> but at this point, I think you're just like <laughs> describing my own wardrobe. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, was the point of the question to be like it has to be like a minimalist wardrobe, or is it like go nuts, don't like donuts, just have whatever? Well, I was hoping in asking this question that we all end up steering towards a min- min- minimalist wardrobe because I think one. Of okay, the- well, let me let yeah, me so raise it then. Okay. I'll answer it a second, but yeah, Ethan, let's hear your if you well, okay. if someone well, put again, a gun to your head. It, it would be again the three suits and then maybe like a brown check jacket, mm. and I think that would do it. And again, the only reason I have a whole bunch of stuff is because I wanted you know a brown suit with patch pockets. I wanted a brown three roll two suit, and again because I thrift stuff, it's or eBay or whatever. Like things don't always line up the way you want them to. Yeah. Like I was able to get a summer suit, but it's two button, you know, so it doesn't uh-huh. really have that Ivy thing, you know, so you find ways to get new stuff. And because it's so cheap compared to buying like one thing, one bespoke piece, I just happen to have multiple of, you know, similar shade suits, or, you know, to to the naked eye would just be a brown suit, but I can see the differences. But that's why I have such a big wardrobe, you yeah. know. So, like, if I was Ethan Newton and I was able to design every aspect of it, I would probably have a similar uh, wardrobe to his. Yeah, well, yeah well, and then so, I'd supplement that with crazy so, stuff. So, Ethan, would like, you say that if you wear. had? So, Ethan, if you if, if you if you had complete control over your wardrobe, would you say that your wardrobe overall would be smaller? It would definitely be smaller. It might still be large by comparison to others, fellows, but it would be smaller than what. You yeah. 
Yeah, no, it would definitely be a lot smaller than it is now. Like, a lot of the stuff I get are just kind of statement stuff, you know, like my Kamoshida suit that I wear as a green odd jacket. And mm-hmm. honestly, I don't I don't need it, but I like having the green odd jacket more than I like having the green suit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, w- it, would, it would definitely be a lot smaller if I was picking it and if I was very conscious. Because even then now, like, looking at my giant wardrobe behind me, uh, you know, I don't wear everything so often. And a part of that is you know the cut you know the shoulder padding or whatever but sometimes i just sometimes i just default oh i guess i just default to wearing these clothes you know these these jackets these sack suits and you know the sack cut stuff so again this is an ideal world where i'll just yeah lets me puts a gun to my head so i don't know exactly um let's talk about this after let's talk about this in a second but you were talking about like um how you were talking about like you know the fact that you would tend to again kind of like you you don't wear everything and you like you you kind of wear the same things a lot yeah we can talk about that because that was a point that showed up in a lot of articles about personal uniforms um give us an example for you then yes yeah oh stuff stuff that i tend to wear a lot well yeah like stuff that isn't necessarily versatile but you find yourself wearing it a lot oh well that would just be like brown items in general like this <laughs> like uh, I, so recently like uh the i have i have two closets one of them is in uh what used to be a guest room and it is now just kind of like we have our printer in their room um uh-huh. there's a closet over there that i keep a lot of my either out of season suits or um just stuff that i don't really necessarily to wear to work and so I recently, I recently, you know, uh, kind of brought everything uh, that I wouldn't wear to work to the back closet. And what's left now in my closet is mostly brown. Yeah, because it's like, you know, I, I was going to say, like, if I had to if I had to choose a um, a capsule wardrobe, it would just be basically what you said. The for the first three items, there would, but they would all be cut like the 1950s uh, Brooks Brothers sack suits. So uh, in gray, brown, and blue, and then I would have like you know brown check sport coats. So basically, same answer, I guess. Yeah. See, um, I on that on that same note, I've been trying to you know to get a better understanding of what my wardrobe actually is. I've been bringing up a lot of my stuff into one room because before Mm -hmm. i would have like my regular wardrobe in my closet and i had a bunch of free space then i got a rack to put my vintage clothes like my 1930s and 40s stuff because i would keep those separately um because i didn't consider them everyday wear i'd bring that up with me and uh you know being able to look at everything makes me realize how big it was and i actually tried to scale down i sold off some stuff i didn't wear um for very you know very cheaply you know way less than what i bought it for but it's because i didn't I'm not, I'd rather it being worn by somebody else than me burning a hole in my closet, you know, making the poor, poor, you know, be a support beam die, you know? Um, And again, there's still a lot of stuff I don't wear on there. Um, A a lot of it is mainly vintage stuff that I got from, you know, a long time ago that I still can't part with, but I definitely have a few jackets that I default to wearing. And again, they're all very pretty much Brown. Yep. Um, I think it's basically, if I, if I even dress it down further, it would probably be a lot of brown jackets and gray trousers. Mm-hmm. Like, that's probably the most stuff I wear. You know, I do like the navy jacket, you know, with gray trousers, which tie into the the, 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 um, 
the topic is what they call the style form uniform, I think yeah. is. Yeah. It's called, I think, or the men's uniform. uniform. Right? There's, there's a casual one with desert boots and that sort of. Yeah, know. yeah, but like it's basically a navy jacket with, I'm assuming, I think it's a blue striped shirt, I think, and gray, uh, gray flannels. Um, which is true, but I, I like to call my Ethan uniform is the brown jacket or some brown check jacket with gray flannels and then loafers or whatever. And that and would then, be. The and then mine would be like, you know, a brown jacket with either uh, khakis or like cream pants. <laughs> Especially during the summer, I tend oh, to wear yeah. cream. I'm, I'm currently actually browsing eBay for higher waisted versions of mine. Um, but yeah, cream flannels I wear all the time. That's my uniform, baby. Cream flannels in the summer, too. Cream, cream flannels well, in the summer. Light, light. Oh, wait, not ones. cream flannels. Cream linens. That's my bad. Right. I misspoke. Right. You misspoke. Right. Yeah. But I, I think that's uh, yeah, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. That, I, mean, I, I like wearing cream pants, but I definitely wear gray ones more. I think I need to have... If you're going to get cream pants, cream summer pants, I need to get gray summer pants mm-hmm. and then we'll both uh we'll both be wearing our uniform right, in the summer right perfect um well i think that's unless anyone else has got something to say i think we've pretty much hit the nail on the head there i think we that was a pretty good discussion yeah i mean yeah any just final points any floating free free floating thoughts anybody uh i'll just no we've been we've been on this for an hour and 45 minutes already yes yeah, so i think it's about time we wrap it up yeah, okay. no, I think I think it's good. You know, well, I, how about I'm, we just again, go? How about we just go across and like talk about whether or not we necessarily agree with the idea of having like a, a personal uniform, or if we think that we have one. Yeah, well, why don't I'll just you start because I think that you, I think that you do. Yes, I. I Rude. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, no, it's true. I definitely have a personal uniform. Now, yeah. I'm I'm not. I don't have a personal uniform out of aesthetic choice per se. We talked about that earlier. For me, it's more about convenience, mm-hmm. just about stuff I know works well that I can grab in a hurry and be out of the door quickly. If I had more time on my hands, I'd probably make more interesting outfits. But mm-hmm. I think the big takeaway from this is ultimately everyone has a uniform. If we take, if we, if we zoom back enough, everyone's got basic items that they fall back on. Oh yeah. No one, no one is, no one's different on all levels. You can't be. Combinatorial, combinatorial explosion. You'd never be able to manage that. So everyone's got a uniform of some sort. It just depends mm-hmm. on what level. You have some guys who yeah. are Steve Jobs right. with one outfit for every every day of the every day of the year. I've got some who've got mm-hmm. ten outfits in rotation, but it's still ten outfits in rotation. Oh yeah, okay, Spencer. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely I definitely agree with most of the points there. Like I said, I definitely have a uniform when it comes to casual wear, uh, and my uh, I guess you could call it semi-formal business casual whatever. Um, and yeah, I tend I, I I tend to gravitate to if not the exact same items, then items uh, that are similar to uh, you know what I like. You know the same kinds of ties, the same kinds of shirts, the same kinds of jackets, stuff like that. So, uh, I'd say that I'm not one of the people that wear the exact same outfit every day, but you know, uh, I, I'd say that I kind of have a uniform <laughs> in that, like I wear I wear very similar things a lot. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. So I guess 
you're, you're I did. start. I started out thinking that I didn't really have a uniform because I wear something pretty different. But again, like I'll just said, if you move back, then yeah, I definitely do. I do wear gray f- trousers a lot. I wear brown jackets a lot. I do wear brown or sorry, blue striped shirts a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially with casual wear, you know, like we said, um, ha- making it sound easy. And I think uh, I'll just said this too, but like a big reason why we repeat it is because it's tried and true. Like we know it looks good and that's, yeah. Yeah. it's not just the fact that it's passable. It's the fact that it like, Hey, this is good. I don't want to worry about being unsure or, or not having confidence in what I'm wearing. And I think that's a big thing that we kind of touched on a little bit, uh, but it definitely applies to me when I'm doing casual stuff. Cause again, mm-hmm. casual for me is a big, it's still kind of new and it's something that I'm still experimenting with and I don't want to, experiment too hard because people notice mistakes i guess to me i think people notice mistakes more than they realize oh yeah than, the, more than like you know a successful outfit i think a successful yeah, outfit is something definitely. that no one notices i guess mm-hmm. um but yeah i definitely do have a uniform and i think it's really important that people i guess develop it and then i think once you have it i think it's you should feel free to expand and i think yeah. you know some people stop at the uniform, which is good for them. But if you're thinking that you want to try something new, I think that you definitely should. Uh, that's, I mean, that's just the essence of fashion. I think, mm-hmm. um, I think Spencer and I talk about sometimes how when people say like, Oh, I'm into fashion, but then they don't look like they are like, it's like, I think people need a little bit more creativity. Yeah. Um, and that's just me being personal because again, fashion and menswear mean different things to different people. Um, I think the idea was, but, but yeah, I think the idea is you have to balance the best of both worlds. You always want to be in a yeah. position where you have those the, the two or three outfits that you can fall back on and put on in the dark and you know you're fine. But you don't want to stop there. You also want to have an odd jacket that you just commissioned that you're excited oh, yeah. to wear and put together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's, yeah, that that's very good. That's a very good point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there, there we go. Um, so, guys, thank you for listening. I, uh, uh, thank you for making it this far. This is probably the longest episode we've had th- thus far. Um, but, but I think the discussion was really good. Um, before we get into the plugs, I just want to remind everyone to, you know, leave a, leave a review on, on, on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call it, because uh, it would really mm. help us out. And we will get back to reading them as soon as we get more of them. Yeah. Um, but it really does help us out because, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so I'll just, uh, I don't, I know that you're, you know, you're not really, a, you know, you're not a blogger, you know, you're just a student. No, um, I, I'm really not did, active on social, social media in right. capacity. Okay. Uh, so I, I don't assume that you have like an Instagram that you want to plug, but is there anything that you do want to shout out? You know, just like literally anything. Yeah. Could be like a cool book you read that people think you think that people should read or. Yeah. I, I, we talked about Amateur and how good a book that is in the past. I actually haven't. Damn it! We talk about that like every yeah, episode. Yeah, you do. And I still it is it. such a great, it's such a great book. I'm gonna, okay, for your birthday, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. I don't have. I don't borrow I mine. I don't have that oh book, so I haven't read it yet. But I really, I, I've seen on coffee tables. I really want to read in that book. Um, but um, I've got. Nothing. Well, there we go. There's our there's our tradition of plugging Amitora. Yeah, yeah. Plugging in, like the past like five episodes. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm sure it's great. It's come out in the past. It's it's been in the past five podcasts, and that must speak for something. In terms oh, yeah. of something that I, oh yeah, in terms of something that I, I, I suppose I would like to plug. though, it's um, well, Spear McKay makes up the majority of my wardrobe, so I suppose I must. Yep, man, they owe us a lot of money for this one. <laughs> yeah, I I must I I must pay some deference to them. Um. Yeah, 
they make that, yeah. very good product for their price points. Am I going I to give them? Am, am, am I good... going to give them a resounding endorsement? I, I don't. I don't think so. They have. Issues. Ooh. They have. They have issues as far as customer service and reliability is concerned. And I'm sure they're spicy. I, and I'm sure there are people on Starforum and on the internet who can attest to that. Um, so they have their issues. But the fundamentals, their fundamentals, their factory, their production, it's good, very, very solid. Um, it's just to me, it's a pity that they couldn't get the rest of their stuff together. If they right. did, they would be head and shoulders, uh, head and shoulders above the crowd and the company that I would recommend wholeheartedly. But at the moment, I suppose I can only give them a, a best a tentative recommendation. Try at your I own. Mean, try I'd... your. Try your own. Try, try at some risk, I suppose. But if it does come out, it will come out fantastic. Well, I mean, Spencer has pants, and I'm considering pants from them too. Yeah, so. pretty good. Uh, that's that's one of my plugs, I guess. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Spencer, go ahead and plug some stuff. Uh, check out my Instagram, Spencer DSO. Uh, almost at 900 followers, baby. Um, there you go, mate. Uh, I saw. Black Panther the other night that was pretty good. Currently, the theme writing. is so good, but it, I, it's just it's the best theme since Captain America. I'm just I, say so that. fun story. So I'm writing uh, a review of that, and also part of my review is going to go into the uh, is going is like an analysis of the racial politics, and I'm feeling very uncomfortable writing it as a as a middle class white dude. <laughs> but so you're plugging uh, your essay, I, you're plugging your paper, among other things. Uh, I'm not. I'm probably not going to publish it anywhere because, again, this is not my lane. But I was assigned this. Here's what I will plug. A um, uh, couple. So Black Panther, go check it out. Pretty good movie. Uh, quick. Uh, this check is coming out, this. out in like two weeks, though, from the time of this. So whatever. Uh, check out this article that I'm using to base most of my analysis on. Uh, it's from the Boston Review, and it's called "Black Panther is Not the Movie We Deserve," uh, and it's basically ta- it's basically talking about how it pays lip service uh, to the Black Liberation Movement, but doesn't really uh, take any sort of meaningful stance. Uh, also, th- less, on a less serious note, uh, I was helping <laughs> Ethan with a article about fashionable presidents. And I pulled out one of the books that I had read like a year ago and haven't really picked up since called One Summer. It's about specifically the summer of 1927. Oh, yeah. That's a good Uh, book. It's a really, really, really good read. Um, Whether or not, like, you know, you're – you don't have to be, like, super into, like, you know, 20s history or whatever. But the – it's very readable. The author does a really good job of – of like you know discussing the different events that happened that summer what they necessarily like you know what they like you know point how it points to the larger culture stuff like that i'm just really into cultural history so check that book out i described it really bad but it's good and also um that's about it for me <laughs> ethan what are you into these days uh so i just uh finished the good place season one i'm Hell like yeah. midway through season two so that's really good um for the first one watch it on netflix for the second one stream it wherever you want because i'm mm-hmm. watching that it's really good um uh good christian fun again is another great podcast that's not that's nothing to do with fashion but uh as a not really ex-christian it's like, it's but, like a comedy you know, 
you know, comedy podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's really fun talking about Christian pop culture. In terms of menswear, I want to shout out Etsy because I've been buying the past two sack jackets that I bought um, were from Etsy, and they were both like sixty and fifty bucks uh, respectively, and they're really good. Like they are like they're similar to the one I'm wearing right now, except they're a little bit more early sixties, so the lapels are a little bit slimmer, but the shoulders are way less padded. And the cut is a little bit straighter, so I'm going to have to get that taken in. But I've been getting some really good luck on Etsy. Uh, just because I don't really check Etsy way too much yeah, lately. I mean, it's I. basically been eBay and, you know, vintage stores, but not Etsy. So give that a look, guys. The prices might be a little bit higher than what you'd expect from, like, eBay. But if you can find something, especially, like, again, Ivy sack suits or whatever, I think you'll be able to find some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks, so, thanks Etsy for making. By that. the way, I'll just uh, use the last five seconds here to come up with your own uh, sign-off phrase for us. Uh, hey, really quick before you do that, I forgot to mention uh, because I'm not sure how good his SEO is. The author of One Summer is Bill Bryson, so Google that. Right there, you go. Right. Yep. Okay. So while while I'll just figures out that, I just want to say. Uh, you know, feel free to message us or email us at style and direction, all spelled out at gmail.com or find us on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is at Ethan M. Wong. And I'm Spencer's. Spencer DSO. There you go. And uh, Aldous, do you have a uh, sign off for us? Uh, yeah, I'll try my best, I suppose. <laughs> uh, you always. That's all you can yeah, do. Yeah, well, you're this habit of putting people in the spot at the end of the podcast. Uh, there we go. Anyway. Um, I suppose I'll end with more of a wish than a uh, prophesial phrase. And I wish this podcast would be better. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, no, it's not that. It's quite good as is. I don't think it needs much improvement, mate. Um, but it's a wish I'm sure we all have, and I hope that the flame of classic menswear continues to burn and uh, burns brighter with each passing year, for as long as we're around, at least. That made me feel all fuzzy inside. There we go. Yep, like ASMR. All right. <laughs> so here's to the flame of menswear uh, continuing to burn. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. My wife. <laughs> My space wife. Did we end this the same way last episode? Yes, we yeah. did. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. Ch- say something new. Say something new, Spence. Uh, I can only think of my wife jokes. (laughs) (laughs) It's been. (laughs) All right. See you guys. Bye. See you guys. (laughs) 